It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between the emotional, physical, intellectual, and spiritual aspects of who we are as human beings. Um, I have over 200 shows now that have been recorded over the last few years, and um, all of them are archived at www.synergyconnectionradio.com. If you go in there and then look for show notes and click on show notes, all of the shows are there. I think we're up to about 13 pages of shows at this point. Um, So check them out. The guest that I have this morning is a first-time guest, and she's written a book called Brave. But before we get into that conversation with Kathleen, I want to make sure that if you go to my website, you check out Boomers Forever Young. There is a link there, and if you click on it, you can sign up for their free health newsletter. They have amazing products. Uh, I have been using them for four years And uh, what we want to be aware of more than ever uh, as this new variant uh, comes into our lives is to take personal responsibility for our own health. Uh, The vaccine will work to a degree, but we know now that it's not going to keep you fully protected. It'll just make sure that hopefully you don't end up in the hospital or on a ventilator. But what we can do is we can make sure that we have good, strong, healthy immune function in our body. And that's a vitamin D as in dog level. You want it to be 70 or above. You can find out with a simple blood test. Um, The other number that you absolutely want to know is your C-reactive protein. And that one you can also find out with a simple blood test. You want the number below one. That's the level of inflammation in your body and every disease begins with inflammation. So if we have those two numbers and we know that we're doing our part to reduce stress, to make sure we're sleeping well, that we're eating healthy, you know, it's, it's a package. It's not just the vaccine that's going to keep you healthy. So I'm encouraging everybody, go check out their products listen to their videos. Um, They have wonderful blogs. They have podcasts. You can get a world-class education by going to this website. Okay, so having said that, um, this morning I have as a guest Kathleen Davis, and she is a retired teacher of 10 years, a wife, a mother of two, with one on the way in January, so she'll have a brand new baby then, a little girl, as I recall, And she's an author and she recently moved to Tennessee. She has her master's in elementary education from the University of Florida. But this book that she wrote, which is fascinating uh, because I don't think there is a parent out there that hasn't gone through this. Uh, She wrote it because her children were afraid of what they thought was under the bed or in the closet. And she could not convince them that there was nothing that was going to harm them. And so one day she decided to write this book and she's finding that uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles, um, parents themselves obviously are, have all gone through it if they're not currently going through it. So welcome Kathleen to the Thank show. You, Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, all right, so your kids were a couple of years younger, I guess, when this was all happening. 
and they just were driving you nuts because you couldn't leave the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So the book is coming up on its one year anniversary um, that I self-published. So my kids were five and three and we were going through sleep regression like no, no other. Um, my kids were like newborn babies and one would wake up at 11 o'clock and then the next one would wake up at one o'clock in the morning and then the next one would wake up at three o'clock in the morning and we would go through this cycle. Um, and, you know, sometimes they would just sleep through the night and we'd be fine, but it was at least a couple of times a week, at least, at least, probably more like three or four times a week. And initially, you know, we're trying, we try to be calm and sensitive to our kids, but um, it, there was no end in sight. And when I would try to leave their room and once they were calm, it was like we were starting all over again. Please don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. So there was no escape and me going in there wasn't helping them, wasn't comforting them. And so I was a teacher. I, I knew books were probably going to be my answer because I wasn't helping them. Um, but I couldn't seem to find a book that would uh, kind of assure them that they're safe, but also not poo-poo their fears. So, you know, understand that they're afraid, but here's what we can do to fix it. Um, or, or here is a scenario of somebody who is not afraid. Um, a lot of the books that I found were great books, but they were just like a monster under my bed. And it was just driving it all home, everything that they were already fearing. So one night I just sat down on my computer and I wrote it and um, my kids were super, they were into superheroes a lot. So I decided I was going to portray them as the superheroes overcoming the monsters. And, uh, and I went through the self-publishing process. So you said it only took you 15 minutes or something like that to actually do the rough draft of the book. Yeah. Yes. It was, it was really short. I don't know how, I mean, I think Reading has kind of always been in my veins and in my blood, um, going through the College of Journalism at the University of Florida and then teaching, reading and writing. And then I wrote a blog about what a bad and terrible parent I was. And then um, <laughs> and then this kind of just organically happened. So yeah, I, I sat down and it, it probably did take about 15 minutes. It was, it was done. And of course, I, you know, you, that it wasn't done, done. You have to go back and edit it and fix it and make it, you know, beautiful and everything you want it to be. But, but the main gist of what I wanted, yeah, was somehow in there and just kind of came out pretty easily. Did you always know, I mean, you said that, um, you know, going through uh, the journalism courses and everything, but did you always know you wanted to write from the time you were a little girl? I, no, I didn't. I was one of those kids. I was the first, actually the first person in my first female in my family to actually go to college and get a degree, um, let alone a master's degree. And so my parents, they're workers. We are Italian and they're, you know, they are workers. And so going to college and doing those sort of things wasn't ever like something that we naturally discussed like it is nowadays. So I never really had any sort of concrete plan of what I really wanted to do. I knew I had a knack for it. And so initially going to college, um, my first major was, was um, English. But then I was like, what am I going to do as an English major? <laughs> <laughs> what, what does one do? Oh, become a writer. But then I was like, no, I, I can't, I can't do that. So, um, so then it, 
you know, I decided to get into advertising and business and marketing. And then I decided um, I really loved teaching and I decided to teach. And mostly I was teaching reading and writing. Um, but I didn't really, no, I didn't really, I wasn't one of those people who just like knew all along, but somehow God had it in me and it has been pulling it out of me little by little. Hmm. And I know you've got another book that you're actually working on at this time. You want to talk about it? Yeah. So I'm starting my second book. It's, it's written. It's completely written. It's another children's book. Um, so I just have to do like maybe one more round of editing and then I am going to be pursuing my next illustrator. I have a couple of them in mind, but the second book is called Angel Feathers. And it's another faith-based book um, that addresses the fact that we have guardian angels that are around us and protect us and watch over us. And um, even when bad things happen, they are with us and God is watching over us is kind of the main idea with that one. Do you um, have any contact with your guardian angel? You know, I don't, I don't like on a day-to-day basis. I, I do have some stories of things where I tell my kids where I'm like, I know that was an angel that came and got me. Um, there was one like freak night when I was in high school and a girlfriend and I, we took a vacation with my parents and girlfriend and I went up the, a mountain hiking. My parents were like, we'll just come home, before, make sure you're home before dark. And of course we weren't, we got to the top of the mountain. It was dark and we um, ended up going down the other side of the mountain and we ended up on a highway on a six lane oh. highway. And uh, there was, it was pitch black and we didn't have cell phones. And um, I was like, we gotta, we've got to like walk and, and maybe like hitchhike. I don't know what we're going to do. I think I was 15 years old and it was only like 16 wheelers and 18 wheelers coming down the road. And then all of a sudden this little SUV with um, an elderly couple pulls up and was like, we, um, we are, we're going to help you and get in the car. We'll help you. And of course me and my girlfriend were like, okay, okay, great. And they said, where are you staying? We were like, I don't, I don't know. It's these cabins. They said, oh, we know exactly where you're at. We didn't give them any information. They drove us right up the mountain, dropped us off, done. So I don't know. <laughs> I believe in angels and I believe that, you know, they are there and listening and around us. But um, the idea for that book kind of started because my kids would just find feathers around the house and pick up and come to me and say, mama, look, my guardian angel visited me. And so that's, that's how it came about. And the title is going to be Angel Feathers. I have found Angel Feathers myself um, about a um, little over four and a half years ago now. My husband um, was critically ill. And there were a couple of things that happened that all involved birds. And so doves, you know, are supposed to be messengers from uh, Mary. And so I came home one day. And in the bedroom, because he was in the hospital at that point. And when I came home, um, I had two doves that were right outside of the bedroom window that had started building a nest under the downspout because that kind of protected them the way the um, wall was outside the window. And so I watched them build the nest. They had two eggs and I watched them sit on the eggs, take turns, you know, like doing that. And then um, the babies were hatched 
and I watched the parents feed them. And so this was over about a 40 day period of time, which was kind of interesting, 40 days and 40 nights. Um, but um, they definitely, uh, you know, were very attentive parents. And then I watched as both parents were teaching them that they would have to stand on this little ledge and fly to the bush that was closest. And so, you know, they were showing them how to use their wings and gain some strength. And then one day I came home and that was it. They were all gone. Um, and shortly after that, I came home one day and there were two baby feathers on the doormat. They were just tiny, perfect little feathers there. And I've been collecting feathers ever since because, you know, they just appear. One, one was, uh, most of them are on the front doormat, I would say, which is kind of interesting because that's your interest. Yeah, that is. Um, but um, I find them in different places, you know, and it's just kind of like, wow, okay. But I believe that our guardian angels uh, are messengers. I think they are beside us all the time. We, we just, because they're invisible, you know, we can't tangibly touch them but if we learn to listen especially with our heart then we get to hear what they're trying to tell us or how they're trying to guide us and uh, so that's the key because I always tell everybody we spend 95 percent of our time intellectualizing trying to figure out how to do whatever it is we want to do but we approach it from an intellectual point of view like who what when where how <laughs> and if we go within and trust our heart that has 40,000 brain cells in it, then we are tapping into the intuitive part of who we are. And at that point, um, if we listen closely, I think our, our angels can say, yes, this is how we would like to have you proceed. Um, otherwise they just sit there and kind of wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I, and I, I wanted this second book to, I didn't want it to make it seem too much of a fantasy. I didn't want it to make it seem like guardian angels are, everything is going to be okay in your life because you have a guardian angel. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, that's not the case. You know, God has given us the ability to do what we need to do in life and to do what we feel we need to do. And that may not always be the right thing. Bad things happen. Um, so I did want it to be, I wanted it to be a book that was for kids, but that also helped them understand that your guardian angel is there to guard and protect you. They're messengers from God. And when bad things happen, they will help you with that. But, but they're not going to necessarily prevent those yeah. bad things from happening. Yeah. Right. Well, I, there's a gal that has been on my show in the past. Her name is Tess uh, Dalka, D-A-L-K-A. And uh, she's not been on for quite a long time because she has been writing you know, new books and took a hiatus from uh, people kind of in order to do that. But she communicates with angels, literally. And she has said that uh, angels are here, um, but they want us to play. They want us to have fun. They want us to enjoy life. And you're right. You know, it's not a matter of, oh, um, you know, if you're uh, having a bad day, somehow they didn't do their job. Sometimes, right our bad days are how we grow, you know, right. as human beings. And if we weren't stressed a little bit, it's like metal, you know, the more a piece of metal is stressed, the stronger it gets. And so I think sometimes that's a part of this is that we don't recognize our own strength until we go through some sort of difficulty. 
And then we began to understand. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go back to your book, Brave. So I know that you had a whole bunch of people recently tell you that, um, you know, their children, their grandchildren, you know, were all experiencing these same kind of fears. And yeah. where do you think that comes from? You know, the fear that the boogeyman's under the bed. Right. Well, um, you know, it, I feel like it comes from anywhere. I mean, truly anywhere. And I feel like it doesn't, it's not like, oh, well, my kid is three. So now they're afraid of going to sleep. My son, two days ago, he's six years old. He's in first grade, said to me, he was trying to go to sleep. And he said, mama, so-and-so at my school said that their sister's dolly comes to life. And he said, and I'm scared to go to sleep. I mean, it really can come from anywhere in any moment. And then a couple of months ago, we had the TV, the TV was off because, you know, no parent is, is willingly exposing their ch children to things that are inappropriate, but the TV was off and we went to turn it on and put something on for them. And it was on a channel that my husband and I had been watching the night before and it was around Halloween. And so of course it's this Halloween, um, you know, for a movie, it was a trailer for a movie and my son saw maybe 1.5 seconds of it. And then bam, started over again for a few days. So I, I think it's a lot of it is the sensitivity level of your children. Some people mm -hmm. are, children are exposed to these things and it just brushes over their head and over their shoulders and they don't care. I, I think fortunately was blessed with one of the most sensitive children I've ever met in my life. And I think his, his, his life is going to be abundantly blessed because of that. However, everything he sees <laughs> affects him. Um, but it, it just, I think it can come from anywhere. And it, and as you had said, Lucy, it is a real problem for so many parents. I mean, and whether it's just a few days or weeks or months, um, I had a book signing a few weeks ago and every single parent, and maybe not every single, but I would say 95% of people who I spoke to when I would start talking about my book would say, oh my gosh, we're going through this. My God, my, my child keeps coming into my room. Or they would say, my granddaughter is going through this and she's been in my daughter's bed for a month or it, <laughs> oh, it, was, it, was, it was nonstop. Uh -huh. so, I think it's something that most parents are going to go through at one point or another. And who knows the rhyme or reason to it? I, I wish I knew, but right. Right. It happens. Well, I, you know, it, um, gosh, there are so many ways to expose children to things that are scary. And if they do have the news on, there's certainly been yeah. an abundance of that lately. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, bad things do happen to good people. I mean, they wrote a book about that years ago. And you, you can have somebody die. You can have a pet die. You can have uh, somebody lose their job. You can have so many different exposures that will then stir a fear up in a child's mind. And so then it's a matter of, like you said, you made them into superheroes. So how did the superhero approach that situation? What, what did the superhero do that made it less fearful? Um, well, I decided that since my kids were resonating with it and in the end I was writing this book, I was writing this book for all children, but I was really writing this book for my children. Um, I thought that would really resonate with them and, um, and help them realize that like, you know, they can, they can mentally pull themselves out of this. They can do this. Um, and then at the, at the end of my book, so, well, let me go back to that. So then in, in the middle of my book, um, 
there is a page where my daughter is introduced and, and it says um, he has a super psychic who is sassy as can be. So then I kind of pulled her into it um, just to kind of assure children that whether you have a sister or a friend or whoever in your life, you have somebody else who's there with you and can comfort you. And then um, more importantly than the superhero aspect, I decided I wanted to end the book with a quote from Isaiah, Isaiah 41.10 that says, um, do not fear for I am with you because even, even after all of my comforting and even with this book and everything, in the end, I needed my kids to remember that, okay, if I'm not physically there, if my husband's not physically there, if you're in a situation that's scary, whether you're in, in bed in the middle of the night or at school or wherever, um, God is with you and God is watching over you. Right. And the fact that um, God is invisible, angels are invisible, um, you know, as you would leave the room, they would know that that invisible support yes, was exactly. still there. And so that makes all the difference in the world because I don't have to see it if I believe it. Right. Exactly. So, so, so stop calling me in here. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me in this room anymore. Like God is in here. Your guardian angel is with you. And um, so I have that, I have the Isaiah 41 10 quote on one side. And then on the other side, I have a mantra page that just says, I am, I am safe. I am brave. I am loved. Uh, or I am brave. I am safe. I am loved. I am brave. That's how it goes. Um, just as something that you can go through with your kids over and over. And over. I mean, if you need to say it 15 times, um, before they go to sleep just to, and I mean, I, I read the book last night to my daughter and we went through it like three or four times and I made her say it. Um, because yeah, I think having a visual image of something and then, you know, an angel or God who is there, I think is helpful. And then remembering I am brave. I am safe. I am loved. I think putting those things to two things together is helpful. It's incredibly helpful because for one thing, um, <clears throat> every cell in your body vibrates and it vibrates on frequencies that are either positive or negative. And so if we have a child or an adult that is constantly um, living in fear, like I'm not safe, I'm going to get you know, this virus, I'm going to get in an accident, I'm going to lose my best friend, I'm going to lose my job, you know, the things that adults think about, then those cells are vibrating in a frequency that is not uh, a, a positive place, but it's not a healthy place, you know, for them to go. And children do exactly the same thing. And it's part of creating this reality. So you want them to be able to create the most optimal reality for them to live in. And that reality then will nurture them. It will allow them to, you know, move through life and become an adult. There's a really cool 21-day gratitude video that I've sent some of my clients because I still do um, therapy with people. And it's so nice because now I can do therapy through Zoom or I can do it just through the phone. They don't have to get in the car and come to a brick and mortar place anymore. And um, so this 21-day uh, video um, I have people that have been using this now for the last, I would say, three or four months, and their lives are beginning to transform because they're living in gratitude as opposed to living in a fear-based emotion. So, yeah, it makes a huge difference. And I think, um, touching on what you said, I think 
that it's important as adults to do that and children to make sure that we're thinking about those things, even when we're not stressed and we're not sad and creating those like altars of gratitude that you can kind of pull from your schema, even Mm -hmm. when, even when you're in a good place, but, and then you have it there ready for you and and you're prepared. Right. Um, And, and the fact that these are fears that emerge, you know, basically at bedtime. So for children, um, you know, they're not thinking about all the things they have to do the next day. They're not thinking about what did I leave off my grocery list and I've got to remember Mm -hmm. to call so-and-so and and I've got to go get gas. You know, they're just laying there in bed. And so those fears kind of uh, encroach a little bit more easily, you know, for them than it even would an adult. But if we you know, I think that was the importance of saying prayers years ago that people have gotten away from at bedtime. But I think if we can go to sleep um, and awaken in the morning with this concept of gratitude around us, then we can handle the negativities of life much more easily. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm totally with you on the prayers. And in addition to that, reading aloud to your child at night, I feel mm-hmm. like that's another thing that we have just we are so inundated with life and our cell phones and what needs to happen next that I feel like it's so easy to just pull reading aloud to your kids from the list. Mm-hmm. But I think that it is such a vital step in a bedtime routine. And I mean, I'm guilty of it also, because you're just like, like last night we were at a Christmas party, it's 8.30 and they're supposed to be in bed at eight. And we're like, come on guys, just brush your teeth, let's get to bed. And you know, you step, you skip that step, but it does, it sets the mood, it sets the pace. In addition to the fact that reading aloud to your child is single-handedly the most important thing you can do for their cognitive development mm-hmm. and to help them become better readers. Um, it also just does kind of set the mood, calm them down, bring up topics that may not necessarily come up that you can talk about um, and is just a great thing to do in addition to saying prayers at night. Yeah. No, that's, that's highly true. Um, When my son was young, I read to him, like you said, every single evening, that was part of our routine at bedtime. But when he got to be, I'm going to say eight or nine years old, you know, he probably didn't want the reading part anymore because he could easily read anything he wanted to himself. But then the routine until he was, I'm going to say 13 or 14, was that we would have just talk time. So I would sit on the edge of his bed and he would tell me about his day. You know, what was the best part of your day? What are the things that you might like to change? But we did that routinely every single night until he was, you know, probably well into his teens. And then he became much more private about his whole life. (laughs) But it's amazing the things that they will come up with. I mean, my son is only six years old and how still my husband will be like, gosh, why were you up there for so long? And I'm like, he was telling me about his day. And you know what? You won't tell me about his day when I get in the car. And he, I was like, how was your day? What did you do? And of course you get the answer. Nothing. We didn't do anything. It was boring. <laughs> so if he's going to sit there and talk to me for 15 minutes at night, I'm going to listen. Absolutely. <laughs> and let him talk. And if it's 15 minutes later, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is because, I mean, you'll look back on those times. I do. And I think he does as well. But you look back on those times and it's such a short period of time in the whole spectrum of of life. You know, it's just a few minutes at the end of every day, but it sets the tone. It builds the relationship. You know, it's part of 
you know, I have the ability to communicate with my son or daughter because I did those things back then. I was just going to say that and it opens up communication. So they realize they can talk to you and, and you're going to listen and Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, our little, um, you know, the, the faith base that you're talking about, our understanding of guardian angels and, or, you know, other, um, spiritual forms of communication. Um, they're there if you open yourself to that. I, th- I think if you kind of have a mindset that says, oh, you know, that was when I was a little girl or a little boy, you know, it's not really true because I can't see it. Then we lose again, that ability to communicate on a spiritual level with something beyond us. Um, we have what are called chakras in our body. There are six of them starting at the base of the tailbone and it goes up uh, to slightly above your head called the crown chakra. And when the crown chakra is opened and when you're in alignment with your energy fields, then you have the ability to literally communicate with the divine. I've had it happen to me where I've become a channel. I haven't done, you know, I'll, I'll give as an example when my uh, husband was critically ill, he was in um, ICU and they told me that he had an hour and a half to live. And at that point uh, they left me with him. I'm sure, you know, just to give me the privacy of having that hour and a half. I heard, and this is why I think it's so important to listen to your guides and your angels. I heard them say very clearly because I am a Reiki master, I'm a healer. And they said, put your right hand on the top of his head, put your left hand on his heart. And I was thinking to myself, intellectually, I've got an hour and a half. What is this going to do? But I listened. I listened to them. And because I'm pretty much in alignment the majority of the time, um, it took 30 seconds for his oxygen level to go from 78 to 98%. And the doctors really came running. They, they went, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just doing energy work. But it wasn't me. It was the fact that because I was in alignment, the energy from the divine could come through me and save his life. And it was literally another three and a half years later before he died. Otherwise, oh he would have died in a year and a, or in an hour and a half. An hour and a half. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they do work through us and for us, but we do have to be you know, open to hearing um, their advice or sensing their direction or something um, because otherwise I don't think it can happen if we, and it's because we get in our own way. We just get too busy yeah. with life that we oh, don't. Gosh. And life just gets in front of us and we're mm-hmm. uh, distracted. I, I could, to, to say the least, distracted by so many things that are just not important. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, one of the things that, um, you know, kids are not going to do this so much, but adults can do this. Uh, If you're at a grocery store or any place where there's other people, if you can lock eyes with somebody and just send kindness or love or support through your vision to them, it makes all the difference in the world because most people don't look at each other. Yeah, it is. and, And it makes you uncomfortable a little bit too, when someone's looking at you and you're like, why are they looking at me? But <laughs> that's a pretty uh, cool suggestion. Yeah. Well, and as we're, you know, getting closer to Christmas here at the end of 2021, 
you know, that's, that's a, a lovely thing to do. I mean, they're ringing the bells, you know, for um, Salvation Army outside of my local grocery store. And I've watched people. Um, I, I remember taking a statistics course in undergraduate school years ago. And um, one of the things was to watch human behavior in that particular class. And then you had to, you know, chart it out on a statistical equation. But um, I was watching how people would take their money and put it in the kettle, but not look at the person. You know, they would just put it in there and right. walk away. They would just skip that human connection. Exactly. And I don't think it's just the pandemic that has done that. I think we were doing it a long time ago because we ha- are now living in areas where it's so overly densely populated that, you know, there's just maybe not the time. It's not like the small towns, you know, that maybe some of yeah. us grew up in where everybody knew everybody and you could stop and say, how are you doing? Right. And yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know how it's hard to trust people. In mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. I, w- I actually was just looking through one of my um, blog posts I wrote on my, my initial blog about how I was such a terrible parent um, called the unperfect mom. And I wrote a blog post about how there is an angel that lives in my house. And it was, it's all about my son and this encounter where we had, um, we were in Jacksonville and we went for a walk and first we went to an ice cream shop and all of a sudden this raggedy woman comes up who looked homeless, um, and extended her hand to my son. And I was just inside, you know, I read about how I was just like, and didn't want him. And he was a bit, he was like two years old. Mm -hmm. And I just, and he, instead of giving her high five, just set his hand on top of her hand. And then we proceeded to talk and she just held his hand for five minutes. And you could just tell it was like the highlight of her day. And she was just holding my son's hand and I got over it and it was fine. And then we ended up leaving the ice cream shop and we were, we were in downtown Jacksonville. So it wasn't a great area. And there was a homeless man on the bench and he was talking to himself and we were at a stoplight and I'm just looking at this light, like turn green, turn green. We need to get across the street, turn green. <laughs> and my son turns to the homeless man who's mumbling to himself and just goes, hi. And the guy just stops and says, hi, how are you? I mean, it, it is something that we just, we all need it. We all mm-hmm. need it. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's in us. We just, it's, it's not our natural inclination and somehow it is in children and, uh, and they've still got it, but we don't. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately the reason that a child has it is they still have that innocence about yeah. life, you know, that nobody is there to harm them. And, you know, it's, it, it's all about communication and love. And somehow through the years, we lose that. We lose the ability to see that, all humans need love, all humans need touch, they all need communication. Uh, You know, trust is something that we have buried, um, even sometimes with those that we love. You know, if there are reasons that we don't trust, then the trust issues become bigger. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, out of the mouths of babes, we, we learn, we can learn at least. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, <laughs> I hope your, your books will be hugely successful. Um, I think, uh, you know, brave is something that everybody needs. And, you know, just the word itself, we all need to be braver. 
about life in general. So it's not always the boogeyman under the, the beds and in the closets, but it's just brave enough to take risk, brave enough to uh, try new things, uh, brave enough to do, you know, anything in life. We have to kind of step forward, if you will, and understand that bravery is for all ages. Uh, sometimes with um, a spouse that you've lived with for, you know, 50, 60 years, because I mean, that's not true in my case. I was married for 30 years before he died. But in many cases, it's, you know, somebody who, um, you know, has lived with a spouse for over 50 years and the pandemic came along, um, you know, maybe they have other kinds of health issues, but the bravery of thinking that, wow, I could be living alone, you know, for the right. rest of my life. That's a scary feature for an awful lot yeah. of people, you know. That, and it's okay to be afraid. And, 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 it and is. that was what I was also really trying to, to hone in on in my book. Like, mm -hmm. it, is, it is okay to be afraid. I grew up in a home where when I was scared, my parents would just say, there's nothing to be afraid of. You're fine. Just go to bed. But there are things to be afraid of them, whether they're real or they're disillusioned. Yeah. We are all afraid of something. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if a great big spider walked down the hall right now, I would be afraid. <laughs> I would wonder where is it going and can I get to it fast enough? I'm going to crawl in my mouth while I'm sleeping. <laughs> uh, I think there wasn't there. Um, I don't know whether it was a book or a little poem about a, I know an old woman who swallowed a fly. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why she swallowed the fly. Yeah. The book. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we think about these you know, shows, I mean, even with E.T., which is one of my all-time favorite movies, you know, when I took my son to see that years ago, you know, every little kid in the theater was bawling their eyes out because E.T. was going home. <laughs> and so the message wasn't about, you know, the fact that he could be reunited with his family. It was all about that, you know, Elliot was going to lose his best friend at the time yeah. and, and he was having to say goodbye. So yeah, we're, we're full of goodbyes and we're full of hellos. And, um, you know, so sometimes whether the hello is scary because it's, you know, a new person in our life, a new uh, doctor we're seeing or something, uh, or whether it's a sad goodbye. Um, but, you know, bravery is, is what we're all about and, and being able to, like I said, take that risk. So tell people where they can find this book, please. Yes. So Brave can be purchased on Amazon right now. Um, if you just type in, there's a, a lot of Braves <laughs> out there. So um, just type in Brave by Kathleen Davis, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N Davis. And um, you can also follow me on Instagram and there's a link on my Instagram. It's at Kathleen Davis Books. And um, I also have a website, KathleenDavisBooks.com where you can purchase it too. Um, if you're local to the Jacksonville area or to the Nashville area, it's in literally every single bookstore in these two areas also. Um, but yeah, I would love for you guys to check it out. If you have Kindle, it's free too, Kindle Unlimited. So. All right. Well, that is fantastic. And I know we'll stay in touch with your new book as uh, you find your illustrator and, and get it ready to go out there yeah. to the market. All yeah. right. Fingers crossed on all of that. And thank you so much for having me, Lucy. It was, it was wonderful to talk with you. Oh, thank you. I definitely will have you back in the future. I look forward to it. All right. So everybody, please go out there and make this your best life um, and share with others 
you know, Kathleen's story and, uh, you know, show them how they can find her book Brave, because I'm sure everybody is uh, experiencing this to some degree or another. And in the meantime, like I said, go out there and make this your best life. See you next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.